0: Warning, the following contains spoilers pertaining to the show and subject matter discussed. Also, strong language and adult content may be included. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you. Well, tonight should be interesting. What do you mean? I mean, neither of us know what we're getting into we've never seen the movie, we know hardly anything about the show, except that we saw it on the Tonys, we literally just took a gamble and bought tickets earlier on in the spring and hoped for the best.
1: Then I guess it's a good thing it's done so well and received such ray reviews, huh? And besides, that's half the fun. Just randomly go see shows. You never know what you're going to get, but also, you don't know what you'll find... Or if you'll find something amazing that otherwise you never would have given a second chance to.
0: That's fair. I guess all I'm saying is I wish I knew a little more on the background of the show. The best I can surmise is that it's about a boy who wants to dance and a community who frowns upon it.
1: Sounds like a great Broadway show already. Look, just relax and jump in. Don't overthink it. Just live in the moment and experience the whole show. I promise, it'll be great.
0: All right, all right. Here's to try new things. And here's to the captain of this boat not being able to find one wave he didn't like. Jeez.
1: everyone, and welcome to Stage Whisper. I'm your host, Hope
0: Bird, and with me is my co-host, Andrew Cortez. Today we are going to be discussing the smash musical hit, Billy Elliot.
1: So hurry and take your seats, it looks like the show is starting.
0: Hello everyone. And welcome into today's performance of Stage Whisper. Well, we can't really explain it. We haven't got the words. That's right. Today we are talking about the hit musical, Billy Elliot. And we are also coming to you live from the Big Apple. After being away for two years, we are so excited to return to the city we love so much. But more about that later. Right now, we are talking about the dancing phenom, Billy.
1: The musical is based on a 2000 film of the same name by Universal Pictures. Lee Hall wrote the screenplay before he wrote the book and lyrics for the musical. The screenplay was inspired by A.J. Cronin's 1935 novel, The Stars Look Down. Stephen Daldry and Peter Darling were also the original director and choreographer for the movie.
0: The brilliant design team put together to bring the show to life was as followed set by Ian McNeil costumes by Nikki Gillibrand lights by Rick Fisher sound design by Paul Arditti hair and makeup by Campbell Young Associates. The
1: music was by Sir Elton John book and lyrics by Lee Hall directed by Stephen Daldry and choreography by Peter Darling. The musical first premiered at the Victoria Palace Theatre in London's West End in 2005.
0: After a hugely successful run in London, the show crossed the sea to New York. Billy Elliot made its debut at the Imperial Theatre on November 13, 2008. It ran for over three years and 1,312 performances, closing on January 8, 2012.
1: The show was nominated for an astounding 15 Tony Awards. It would dance away that night with 10. Best Sound Design. Best Scenic Design. Best Orchestrations. Best Lighting Design.
0: Best Direction of a Musical for Stephen Daldry. Best Book of a Musical, Lee Hall. Best Choreography for Peter Darling. Best Featured Actor, Gregory Jabara, who played the dad. Best Actor... Carol Kulish, Trent Kowalik, and David Alvarez, who played the lead role of Billy Elliot, and Best New Musical.
1: So, now that we're properly warmed up and stretched, let's leap into our show. In County Durham, the 1984 to 1985 coal miner strike is just beginning. Motherless 11-year-old Billy stays behind after his boxing class to give keys to Miss Wilkinson, who runs a ballet class. The class is all girls, but Billy is attracted to the grace of the dance.
0: At first, Billy's interest in dance is easily concealed from his family as the only person home at the time is his grandmother. She reveals to Billy the abuse she suffered at the hands of her late husband, but that she found great joy in dance.
1: While his father Jackie, brother Tony, and neighbors are on strike and clash with riot police, Billy secretly takes dance lessons. During the number, the violent reality of the strike is contrasted with peaceful practice of ballet.
0: Eventually, Jackie discovers Billy in the ballet class and forbids him from attending the lessons. Mrs. Wilkinson, who recognizes Billy's potential, privately suggests that he should audition for the Royal Ballet School in London, offering free private lessons to prepare him for the audition.
1: Billy is not sure what he wants to do, so he visits with his friend Michael for advice. He finds Michael wearing a dress. Michael persuades Billy to have fun with him by dressing up in women's clothing, rejecting the restrictive inhibitions of their working class
0: community. For his first private ballet lesson, Billy brings things to inspire a special dance for the audition, including a letter from his mother. Through his lessons, he develops an impressive routine for his audition as he forms a close bond with Mrs. Wilkinson. Her daughter, Debbie, tries to discourage Billy from auditioning because she has a crush on him.
1: Meanwhile, Jackie and Tony are engaged in daily battles with riot police that often turn bloody. They struggle to support the family with the very little in strike and union pay, a difficult task as the strike goes on for nearly a year.
0: When the day of the Royal Ballet School audition comes, the police come through the village, injuring Tony. Billy's family and some members of the community are gathered at the Elliott home, where Mrs. Wilkinson arrives when Billy fails to meet her to leave for the audition. She
1: reveals that she has been teaching Billy in preparation for this audition, which upsets and angers Jackie and Tony. Tony tries to force Billy to dance on the table in front of everyone. Suddenly, the police approach, and as everyone escapes, Billy calls out to his father saying that his mother would have let him dance. To which Jackie says, Your mom's dead. Well, actually, your ma'am's dead. Uh, Billy goes into a rage, and from that moment on, he stays away from anything related to ballet.
0: Act 2 starts six months later at the miners' annual Christmas show. The children put on a show disparaging Prime Minister, Maggie Thatcher, who is seen as the antagonist by the coal miners.
1: Billy's father gets drunk and sings an old folk song that elects memories of of his deceased wife and the usually stoic man leaves in tears.
0: Left alone with Billy in the community center, Michael reveals he has feelings for him. But Billy says that the fact that he likes ballet does not mean that he is gay. Michael gives him a kiss on the cheek. Michael tries to get Billy to show him some dancing. But Billy is sad and tells him to leave.
1: Michael departs, but leaves a music player running. Billy feels like dancing for the first time since the day he didn't do his audition. And dances while dreaming of being a grown-up dancer.
0: Unknown to Billy, his father arrives and watches him dance. Overcome with emotion, Jackie goes to Mrs. Wilkinson's house to discuss Billy's prospects as a dancer. She confirms Billy's talent, but is not sure whether or not he would, be, he would get into the Royal Ballet School after missing the audition.
1: Mrs. Mrs. Wilkinson offers to pay for the trip to London for the next audition, but Jackie refuses. He leaves questioning his working class pride and the future... Mining has for his boys.
0: Jackie decides the only way to help Billy is to return to work. When Tony sees his father cross the picket line, he becomes infuriated and the two argue over what is more important unity of the miners or helping Billy achieve his dream. The
1: argument comes to blows and Billy is hit accidentally. A miner chastises them for fighting and says that the important thing is to look after the child. One by one, the miners give in money to help pay for the trip to the audition but billy still does not have enough for the bus fare to london
0: a strikebreaker arrives and offers him hundreds of pounds an enraged tony attempts to shun his donation but no one else speaks up in his support now drained of hope tony dismay ponders whether there's a point for anything anymore and runs off
1: billy and his father arrive at the royal ballet school for the audition while jackie awaits outside an upper crust londoner highlights the contrast between the elliots and the families of the other applicants jackie meets a dancer with a thick northern accent the dancer confesses that his father does not support his ballet career but sharply advises jackie to get behind his boy
0: billy nervously finishes the audition with a feeling that he did not do well as he packs his gear he becomes overwhelmed and punches another dancer The audition committee reminds billy of the strict standards of the school and their zero tolerance on violence
1: they have received an enthusiastic letter from mrs wilkinson explaining billy's background situation and talent and potential then ask him to describe what it feels like when he dances billy responds with a heartfelt declaration of his
0: passion back in durham the elliots resume life but times are tough and the miners are running a soup kitchen to ensure everyone is fed Eventually, Billy receives a letter from the school, and overwhelmed and fearful, knowing that it heralds the end of the life he has known, informs his family that he wasn't accepted.
1: Tony retrieves the letter from the waste bin, and discovers that Billy had lied and actually was accepted. The family rejoices. At the same time, the miners' union has caved in. They lost the strike. Tony laments that the miners are dinosaurs, that by the time Billy returns home, all surrounding village men will be jobless
0: billy visits mrs wilkinson at the dance class to thank her for everything she did to help him debbie is sad that billy will be leaving
1: billy packs his things for the trip to the school and says goodbye to the soon to be unemployed minors who are returning unhappily to work billy says goodbye to his dad or sorry to his dead mother who often visits him in his imagination
0: Billy breaks the fourth wall and begins to walk down the center aisle before Michael stops him to say goodbye. Billy drops his suitcase and runs onto the stage to give Michael a kiss on the cheek. Billy then walks back off stage, retrieves his suitcase, and walks out towards his future alone.
1: The entire cast comes on stage and calls Billy back to celebrate the bright future ahead of him. The, the end. end.
0: Let's discuss the show. What we liked, what we didn't. Let's be real. What we liked. Right. This was a really, really good show.
1: It I, was a take on a story that, at least in my mind, it didn't feel like it needed to be told because I knew it. But then I had that realization that, no, people don't know the story of how dancers, you know, have uh, what they've overcome in their lives to become dancers.
0: This is one of the first shows that I did. I just... Went to see it on a gamble. You know how much did we pay for those tickets? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think we paid thirty-five. No, or 40 like bucks. twenty.
1: It was like twenty-five bucks.
0: I'd have to go look at our playbill and our binder to see. We bought these. We really did buy that. That opening scene is true. We really bought those tickets in the spring before the nominations came out, um, and then the ticket prices skyrocketed. But yeah, we just there were some good reviews about it. Elton John was involved and I was like cool, let's do it and I'm so glad we did because it was so good. This, let's just start into this the plot that it was clever and touching story. Now look, full disclosure, I've never seen the film. So I, I didn't, didn't even
1: en- know that there was a film.
0: Oh yeah, there's a film. I didn't know anything about the story or, or the movie or anything like that. So this was all new to me, which was great. So the show had a very clever, touching story for me. I really liked seeing not just Billy, but everybody else go on a journey. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. The dad grew on a journey. Even Tony, who was just kind of a dick the entire time, even he went on a journey, you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone grew and they were different from where they started. Yes. Um, but yet
1: there was something kind of
0: similar. Yes. Yeah. Um, nostalgic. Yes. You know, uh, it's a very human story. Um, I, well, I'll, I'll get to this later. But for me, it was very human. Um, well, I guess I should get to it now. My, I come from, uh, a, I'll say a mining family. My dad is a civil engineer, and he's worked in mining all his life. Um, and I'm actually originally from, I, uh, I say Arizona because where we lived in New Mexico, nobody knows, but we grew up in a small smelter town. Um. And in the late 90s, when copper prices went up, smelter shut down. And that's how I ended up in Salt Lake City, Um, you know. And so I kind of, this show kind of spoke to me about, you know, the small town looking out for each other and banding together and that. Because when I remember we were driving to Las Cruces and we heard on the radio, we heard on the radio, like the country music radio, that the smelter was shutting down. Like not on the news, the local radio station announced that the, the smelter was shutting down. And the community for the next nine months, we all took care of each other to make sure that we were all looked after until we all split up. Um, So, seeing this show, I could relate to it. Now, look, nobody went on strike, but, you know, everybody was out of work. We were Mm -hmm. just about to go to England at that time. And when my dad got back, if I remember right, he was out of a job by September. Both my parents were. So, anyway nothing about me. So, at the time the show came out, what also made it relatable was there was a recession going on. Mhm. And supporting or encouraging the arts was really hard. So this was like art imitating life. Yes. You know. Um and then I love the emphasis on individuality.
1: Right, because I mean, it's kind of weird to think about now, but like back <laughs> back then even though it's is- in my right. day- a decade ago that wasn't the focus that wasn't no, the focus of what was Michael happening come out of
0: a shell to be gay or having billy want to express himself and dance yeah expressing yourself was like having a woman send him to a man and be like let the man let the boy do what he wants to do like i understand in the 80s these are novel concepts but even in 2008 these are novel concepts yeah to sit there and be like be an individual don't be a part of the group do what you want to do. Don't do what everybody else wants you to do. Mm-hmm. That to me is the overarching message of the show: is be an individual and do you. You do you, boo. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought the plot just it sold it really well, and it just it was a great story. It's one that you don't get tired of. This is not a show you're looking at your watch the entire time, going, okay, when's Zoom? Everything mm-hmm. led into itself, and I really appreciated that. And all the characters were. You could connect to them. Well, they, they were also
1: had... fully re- realized characters. And they
0: were flawed characters, too. Like, not only did you connect and love them, but they all had flaws. Mrs. Wilkinson, who, yes, she was had Billy's best uh, intentions at heart. She was also kind of a uh, a jerk, a dick. Mm-hmm. A pill. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> did, she was also looking out for herself, number one. And then it was like, well, I'll take care of you. But, like, what's in it for me as well? Mm-hmm. Everybody was trying to take care of themselves first and everybody else second, but they were still lovable. It, it was like watching a stage full of Smee's. I know that's weird to think of, but they all were lovable people, but they had flaws. They weren't mm-hmm. evil. They weren't inherently evil by any means, but they all had flaws to them. That,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But in that, that made them human. Yes. Um, the lighting was really great
1: oh yeah like I just think of some of the colors and some of the ways that like lighting like the strobe lights the flashing the stars I just ah I love them there's just so many like palettes and moments in my brain like the way that they um did Billy dreaming about himself being an adult dancer Mm -hmm. like because it wasn't like there was like one single spotlight. There was a lot of different lighting there. But the whole image just felt very dreamlike. And that was more than just the haze that was coming in.
0: I think it really helped with the storytelling. Um, you know, it, it, I always say that. But it... I don't know how to put this into words. Um, it really lent itself... To be an actor on stage. If that makes any sense at all. Well, I it mean, didn't like you just can... light the actors, but it helped move the story along as well. Yes,
1: because you could tell when things were taking place in like reality and when things were taking place in Billy's imagination.
0: And it, it gave us a... I mean, I've said this before, but it gave it a varnish of nostalgia. I mean, I'm thinking about the Christmas party, that perfect... Shading happening looks almost like mm-hmm. a old family film,
1: right? Or even the way that, um, like, any time they were in the dance studio. But
0: then you know, after the, the after deep into the ground, they sing after he sings that song, and it's almost um, like the light slowly came down. And it's just Billy left in the community center, mm-hmm. and the light is streaming through the windows, the moonlight. That's what I mean by they help tell the story because now you have this moonlight. Acting as spotlights to mm-hmm. kind of run. That's why, yeah. Um, I especially love the lighting during the angry dance. Yes. With the riot guards. Mm-hmm. Because what I what is great is when this is a prime example of why act with COVID actors can't wear shields or face shields or anything. So all the actors became riot police, and they had these giant plastic shields, and it's a b- amazing scene. It's impressive when. They're all in black and they all have these plastic shields and he's dancing and all of a sudden they turn around and they bring these plastic shields around and they all slam on the stage at once. And they move this wall and they're kind of basically ganging up on Billy as he's dancing. But they don't hide the lights from these plastic shields which obviously will bounce off. The light will bounce off the plastic shield and go everywhere, you know.
1: Mm-hmm, but it's, that was kind of the purpose. Oh, well,
0: exactly. It's, it's chaotic. And I was like, that's smart. You're not trying to hide this element that exists on stage, which, like I said, if we put all the actors in these plastic face shields to do their stuff, it would be a nightmare because there'd be so many glares, so much glare coming from everybody on stage, from all the... You can't... And as a lighting designer, you have to think about that, different elements on stage, different props and that.
1: I've seen, like, jewelry pieces that were gorgeous, beautiful props that were designed specifically for the show get struck or... Altered
0: because so that of the they way- don't have that glare that pops out in the audience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've ever noticed, like people that uh, actors or whatever, when they're on stage and they like have a really w- nice watch or whatever, I guarantee they've painted or something on there so that it doesn't catch the light and, and blind you like a normal watch would. Mm-hmm. That's just the 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 art and craft of theater. Well, they didn't do anything like that with these um, riot shields. In fact, the other thing I loved is they would beat the shields behind with sticks and you could see that these shields have been beaten. They didn't it wasn't a new shield every show. They looked worn in that. Anyway, yeah. so this chaos from the lights, these reflections coming off the shields. I thought that was great cuz it just added to this chaos and this anger from the dead and I was like that's smart.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't
0: don't reinvent the wheel kind of thing. Yeah. And I love the purples and the pinks and shine.
1: I thought yeah. it was
0: it was delicate, it was feminine. In the best way, right? Because it also
1: kept the the toughness that you need to go through ballet, well, like the rigorness.
0: The I, I love that it was these girls doing ballet. This feminist kind of these this feminine, and I'm saying feminine with air quotes. But then, if you remember, the minors are uh, there's two songs kind of going on, and, and at the end of Shine, the miners come in and they're doing ballet.
1: Yeah,
0: with the, the girls. girls, but it's still in that purple fuchsia kind of lighting and i think that just shows that like it get it's kind of like a foreshadowing of the end when they kind of say look the most important thing is to take care of the child at the end of the day no matter where you stand you're going to focus on the kid you're going to do whatever it takes to take care of this kid you know yeah um i love the sound i thought Mm. it was balanced and fantastic um I like the. Eff- now, look, I know this is a weird thing to say now, but you got to take yourself back 13 years. There was great balance and effects going on, especially like when they were doing the solidarity, solidarity during the Angry Dance. And mm-hmm. they had this effect to make it sound like they were all behind their mask. Yes. Um, I love the old newsreel clips and radio clips they did at the beginning of the show. And they seamlessly blended it in to the opening number. Now, look, when you listen to the album, you don't think anything of it, but remember, everything on Broadway is live. So they mm-hmm. roll this this clip, and then you have this conductor start the music, and it has to seamlessly blend. I mean, that's not easy.
1: Not at all. But and at the was... same
0: time, the music felt dated in the best way.
1: Yes. Especially when, the, yeah, they were showing the clips of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. You know, and just all the, Yeah.
0: It felt very dated in the best way. Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher's. May God love to you. Uh-huh. You know, I, it felt like an 80s Christmas pageant. I was like, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm living for it, you know.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay, enough about that. Let's talk about what I can see you want to talk about. You want to talk about costumes. I do. Well, then go for it, champ.
1: I mean, what I really love is... The show looked polished, but there were a lot of different textures and moments happening because you had miners that needed to look dirty and tired and, I mean, they weren't mining, so they, you know, looked a little, you know, ragged because they've been trying to make their clothes last. Same with the kids. You could tell all the kids came from a working family, you know. Um, and then the huge contrast with things that were in the imagination land or... Um, when he goes to the school, the, the Royal Ballet School. Mm-hmm. You know, everything felt... But even the the grungier, messier bits felt so polished and so real. Like, the clothing... I mean, I think about it... It wasn't,
0: like, like, Les Mis dirty?
1: No. It was, like, crumpled dirty. Yes. Like, clothing... That, like, it looks like Billy's clothes probably...
0: Lived on the ground for a while. He doesn't he, put his clothes away.
1: Yes. And you can tell that, like... Grandma does the laundry, and Grandma's losing her mind. So clothes don't get clean. And even Miss Wilkinson, you could tell that her ballet clothes that she's wearing are old ones that she's had for a very long time. That she's had to like repair and cover. And yes, yes. And same with all the girls. Like no no one one has, has
0: anything new.
1: Exactly, and so you know, it just felt really real, but still looked polished.
0: Yes there was a sense they were able to display a sense of poverty without looking the stereotype yes yes you felt there the over uh, there was the overarching sense of of like something bad's coming they weren't quite up the creek yet but it was it's getting we we've there. tightened the purse strings definitely and and as the story went on it definitely looked that way more patches more you know, pants got holier and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, where we'd be like, oh, there's the holy pants or that shirt's got a ripper or a stain or something. Just go get a new one. And I was like, no, I can't afford to get that now. I, have, I just have a stained shirt. They also, I love that it was of the time period. Mm-hmm. With I mean, and you didn't have to go
1: no one was stereotypical,
0: like, like, you know, Flock of Seagulls or something. Or it
1: wasn't like, you know, neon leg warmers. No, it but was, it just,
0: it looked 1980s Britain. You know, mm-hmm. it just, it had that overall, along with the hair. And the person I think the most of with that is Mrs. Wilkinson. Yes. And she had that. 80s dancer. Well, that hair that, I don't know how to describe it's that. It's a triangle. Bigger, Well, it was like bigger hair, but like ringed, right? It's a Madonna. Burnt. But it was like bigger rings, very mm-hmm. Madonna-esque, big earrings and chain smoking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you were the 1980s British woman that I would see all the time With on the TV. Yes, yes. Yes. And I was like, spot on. Yes. Spot on. And the person that balances that, though, is the mother who has that perfect framed haircut. It's, the,
1: it's basically, it's the poor woman's princess dye haircut.
0: Yes, but it's not super short. Mm-mm. Although... Although they did modify the haircut, do you remember when we saw it the third time? They modified it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that's different." And I couldn't figure out why. I don't know why they did, it, but they did. So I thought that it just it was a really balanced and great. Um, we of course we couldn't talk uh, about the show without talking about the choreography, or even the choreography. Choreography. <laughs> uh, the choreography was out of this world. I mean, especially for the leading boys. Oh, my gosh. Or boys playing Billy. It was stuff that I wouldn't even expect, like, a
1: professional, like, dancer to be able to pull off that kind of dancing. Let alone
0: a child. Yeah. Yeah. The use of ballet technique was absolutely amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. You. Do, I mean, we. there's a handful of shows out there that really do thrive in that world of ballet. But most of, of musical theater is... A modified uh, ballet, jazz, modern. This was ballet, and it mm-hmm. was brilliant, and I loved it. And like you said, that chair scene was phenomenal. The fact that he was doing bar work while spinning a chair.
1: hmm I think there's a chair scene that we you, we've forgotten about, and that's the grandma telling the story about when she was being abused, and it's all the chairs of all the people passing the chair. Oh yes, and, and I'd the go chairs. dancing.
0: Yes. Well, and what I
1: really loved about that scene is it told the story of this baggage and these concepts of abuse get handed down to us. And they it's move with us through our generations. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it was brilliant. I, I, we mentioned in the last episode how the choreography was just as important as music and lyrics and that. And I think with this show, again, I, I definitely think so with that as well. The fact that there's an entire number called Angry Dance and there really isn't, there's hardly any words. the words, Billy screaming. And the words really don't do anything to further the, the story. It's all in the dance. It's all, it is a pas de deux.
1: Mm-hmm. It is.
0: It's a full on pas de deux.
1: You know, and one thing that I really love that I forgot to mention is in that Angry Dance scene when Billy is, You know, dancing up the stairs, tapping up the stairs. That set piece is also rotating and getting higher and higher and
0: higher. No, 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 no. It's going lower. No. He he starts at the top because he's in his room and it goes lower, brings him down to the bottom of the stairs. And then he's dancing all over the stairs and that's when the riot police come in. Because he runs up to his room and he throws his stuff on the bed. yeah, And
1: then he throws his bed around. Well, either way, that part of the set moves up and down. And um, from, you know, I mean, we'll get to that story with the set. Yes,
0: because there's an interesting story about that particular set piece, about the stairs in the room that come out. Uh Uh-huh, and what they had to do to the
1: Imperial Theater.
0: But I feel like the dancing overall, and I mean, I think this is probably, you know, an obvious dub, but it really, really heightened the storytelling you know I how can it not Mm -hmm. you know Uh, and that leads me to the final thing I want to mention which is the direction look this is a dance story but the focus of the show wasn't just about dance which is a real compliment a lot of people already knew Billy Elliot going into it now there's probably a good portion of the people like us who were like Billy who now what now Mm -hmm. (laughs) Billy Crystal Billy Joel I love Billy Joel yes Uptown Girl no you know the people who didn't know what the show was about um Knew it was a dance show, but the fact that that wasn't just the focus.
1: Yeah, it it was the story. There was a clear story about individuality and self-expression and self-identity.
0: Yeah, where a lot of jukebox musicals kind of fall into a trap where we're gonna pick these songs and build a story around it, versus build a story and then fill in the songs. You know, that's where I feel it could have fallen into the trap with this, where they were like, "We're gonna dance." Here, 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 and here. And then we'll fill in the story. No, they really hit the story hard, and I thought it was great. It had humor in all the right places with a heartwarming sadness in others. You know, especially, uh, look, the mom's story is really upsetting and whatnot, but I thought Billy's relationship and his best friend Michael, that was humor and heartwarming sadness all in one. Mm Mm-hmm. Because,
1: you know. yeah, even if you, even if, you know, it, everyone can identify with being Billy because they've, you know, felt left out or different than everyone else. But, like, Michael is really going through something, um, you know, because he's in a small town where, especially in the British community, it's not okay to be gay. You know, this is before, you know. Well, and
0: in and, and, and the rural community.
1: Yes. And so, you know, to know that his friend is going through this in a way that he could never understand, that it's more likely that he, a boy who is straight, who likes ballet, will be more accepted by his community than his best friend who's gay.
0: Yeah. And And Billy at a
1: young age could understand that.
0: Even though um, they sing that song, What the Hell is Wrong with Expressing Yourself? I feel like that's also kind of a mass song. Mm-hmm. I don't think really Michael's as happy or content as he is. Right. Um, and, of course, you know, that ending thing, see ya, Billy. And he goes, or he says, see ya, Michael. And Michael goes, yeah, see ya, Billy. It's just heartbreak right there. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the first love, you know. But, yeah. Um Oh, I do want to mention one last thing, which is of course we couldn't we couldn't move on with saying the music. Yes, this is truly the epitome of Elton John. It's fantastic. It's got those power ballads in there, but it's got that great like concert rock and anthems in there. Mm-hmm. I love Shine. I love the disco end to it. Um, I love, like I said, I love Merry Christmas, Maggie I mean, Thatcher. The the
1: stars. You know. the stars look down. I. It's such a good.
0: Electricity song. is a beautiful yes. song. Look, as we're naming all these, you remember almost all of the songs, which is a testament to genius. And as Jerry Herman says, people should leave the theater, and this is just kind of a paraphrasing, but people should leave the theater humming the songs you just heard. You know, the simple, hummable show tune, and Elton John really captured that in this show. I, I, I think I could hum or name pretty much every song in the show. Mm-hmm. And they're all great. I think they're all fantastic. And they embody the colloquialisms of the plays. They embody the real character. I don't think anyone's saying something that they wouldn't say. They don't sound smarter to make a lyric work or what have you. That's really how they would speak. Yep. There's clever rhymes in there. And there's it's just it's brilliant music.
1: Um, a few notable cast members of the show include Carol Shelley. Santino Fontana, Joel Hatch, Aaron (laughs) Kaburik, and Stephanie Kurtzuba. Um, Now, huge shout out to Stephanie Kurtzuba. Um, I'm sure we're going to tell her whole story, but um, we've had the pleasure of meeting with her and interacting with her, and she is just a fantastic human.
0: Let's now talk about the impact this show has had on the theater and its history. I mean, bleh, this is a blockbuster show. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's another movie turned huge Broadway success. Um, it's another huge West End transfer. I mean, it's a, it's a huge success in England that came here, and it's a huge success here. I think it's a brilliant catalyst for young actors.
1: Yes, because there are so many children in the show that get to actually play their personalities or play actors, um, you know. So it it's it's a great opportunity for them.
0: It's a new level of dance in modern musical theater. You know, it's fo- like I said, it's focused mainly on ballet, which, as I mentioned, most musical theater, jazz or modern. Mm-hmm. This is mainly on ballet. How many shows do you see? Even now that are very ballet heavy right and
1: i think this is more so for the movie than for the musical but um this is the first mainstream british entertainment to directly uh integrate homophobic prejudice as a function of a patriarchal society um and so the fact that we are making a commentary on that uh was just so huge because i mean in in america it's very american to radicalize things and speak out and you know like overcome not overcome but like you know call out society on its bullshit not so much across the pond like i mean they do but not to the same level that america does so to, the fact they do that
0: we- it subtly he's a poof he's a little bit of foof there it's a little more polite it's very much the I'm going to tell you to go to hell in a way that makes you look forward to the trip where Americans are going to be like no just go to hell (laughs) you know you don't uh, I feel like the Brits don't necessarily insult you in most of their mainstream stuff they're not doing something to offend they're doing they might do something to cause discussion but not to offend where Americans are like screw that (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my clothes off and offend you and then by the way you know don't do terrible things (laughs) I I almost feel like the British have more of an eloquent, eloquent way of putting things and we're more of a cut to the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, in regards to societal impact, it brought to our attention accepting children for who they are and what they want to be at a time when it was so important. There was huge issues at this time surrounding uh, – Gay kids and suicides, well, uh, trans youth and that. I mean,
1: this, this show took place before gay marriage was um, legal in the U.S.
0: Yes. Um, but, I mean, more more importantly, this was right around the It Gets Better movement taking off and the Trevor Project and that. The fact that the show really kind of, uh, like you said, focuses on kids. were uh, This is a time when us here in America got a wake-up call regarding... LGBTQ suicides, youth right. suicides, what? and and I thought that in this show, showing that obviously not all people interested in in the arts or whatever are are gay, but on the other hand of that, on the other side of that, even if someone is gay, it doesn't make them a bad person, and we should just accept them for that. And it's kind of like you know you can't catch a kind of thing. Billy accepts Michael, and there's no problem. They don't stop being friends. Michael tells him he has feelings for him, and Billy's not like, well, I can't be friends with you now. He's just like, I don't feel that way for you. And they just move on. And I'm like, that is the appropriate response. That is how every response interaction should go. And we should just go on being humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were going to say something.
1: I don't remember it now.
0: Oh, okay. Um, it really pointed out the importance of the arts, even in hard times. I think, especially now... That's something that's important. You know, uh, then it was important. We were in a recession, but like now I'm glad that our economy is recovering and everything like that. But I was definitely the person for the last eight, nine months when we were like, everything's getting back to normal. Woo. I'd like slap people and be like, put on your mask, get your vaccine. There's a lot of us who haven't been able to go back to work or our industry hasn't come back yet or whatever, because the arts matter. What is a society without art? It's so great that we're telling all of our kids to study math and science and go be a lawyer and a doctor and whatever. But what are you going to do with all that money and everything? You got to have something else besides numbers and medicine and, you know, you know chemistry. You've got to have something that you want to go and experience and share. You've got to have your humanity. Arts matter. And even when it's hard, you need Art. You need a way to communicate and connect with others. That's where we thrive. That's why we exist. And I think this show pointed out that we got to find a way to make that happen.
1: Well, and I really think that, I mean, I've always said that, you know, social change is fine and all. Um, But you can't really... It's really hard to change adults' minds. And the only hope we have as a society to truly get better and improve is to invest in our children. Yes. And to help them understand where the cracks in society are and how they can make a difference to change the world. And I really think that we're definitely seeing the results of that now.
0: Yes. I love seeing so many younger people that are excited and concerned for the performing arts and being like, it matters that we take care of this and we have to, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's fantastic because there is, there's a whole nother older generation that doesn't see the value of it. And they think it's just going to be there no matter what. And I'm like, if you get rid of an entire generation of artists, who who's going to be there to create it mm-hmm. no one's going to be there to teach the next generation and we're going to be back to square one so thank you for coming to my ted talk um it empo- i feel like this was empowering the promotion of the subversion of traditional gender roles
1: right because we didn't need to be a housewife Or, you know, that didn't mean we couldn't be someone strong. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being a housewife, but it's like you choose your role in society because of who you are, not based on your gender. Yeah. You know, and you can have strong community leaders like Miss Wilkinson
0: that... Mrs. Wilkinson. Mrs.
1: Wilkinson that are, you know, strong, empowered people that... Really? She could do without her husband. She's done just fine without him.
0: Well, she's the breadwinner. Yeah. Because her husband's out on strike, and she's making money teaching ballet. I was just, as you were talking, I was just thinking, I didn't realize this until now, everyone in that show, on that stage, are equal. I can't think of anyone that supersedes someone else. They're all on the same field. Man, woman, and rape, whatever. They're all equal. And that, what a wonderful thing. I didn't realize that until now. You know, no, no one person outranks another person because no one person has, has the advantage over someone else. Yeah. We're all in the crap together. Um, also, the show brought in open-mindedness and empowering of the working class and strengthening
1: unity. Right, and the community isn't something to be abandoned. We should shape it and change it but we don't need to abandon community because we do better together.
0: Exactly, there's a lot more. We are stronger together, you know? There's a lot more that we can accomplish together. God, this message is kind of more important than ever, you know? It's almost like we can accomplish things if we all just get on board and do stuff together and... Together. (sighs) If we all just did one thing, we could get rid of the other. We're all in this
1: together, Jack.
0: There is another way. (laughs) Take this and this. Is the show relevant? (laughs) Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, we're coming out of a really hard time in our history right now. We need something to remind us that even in the tough times, there are things that unite us just as things are worth working together and fighting for. Right, and if that's a
1: boy leaving a small town to dance ballet and live his dreams, we can all get behind that.
0: And a lot of those things do not necessarily rest in our lives or amongst ourselves or even for ourselves, but for our children and for future generations. That is who we should be working for and doing things to serve. I think the show is right for the taking. I think right now what the the show could teach us more than anything right now and uh, something that we all should be realizing is our actions now, what we do now, what we need to do now is stop serving ourselves and start setting up what's to come set things up for the future generation get them ready not saying you can't enjoy what we have now but look if you're our age 30 40 and above it's time to start getting ready for the 20 somethings to start doing stuff that's how you
1: create a legacy
0: right and we need and and i don't want to see the same mistakes that we've been making repeated we need to start doing some change i think the show points that out Sometimes the thing that's worked before doesn't always work again. You can learn things and adjust fire. and
1: It's okay to change your mind with new information.
0: Absolutely.
1: Finally, as promised, we want to share some of our personal stories about experiencing this show.
0: So, we've seen the show three times on Broadway. In
1: 2009, 2010, and
0: 2011. So, we saw the show at the Imperial. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible, incredible theater. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful show. Um, we talked about earlier the wonderful Stephanie Kurtz we met her
1: outside the Lion King yes. while she was working in this show.
0: Yes. I don't remember why she was outside the mid She of. was meeting a friend. Yeah, but we started talking about Billy Elliot, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm in it, and we hit it off. For those of you who don't know, you can look up Stephanie Zuba. She was in... The Wolf of uh, Wa- Wall Wolf Street. Wolf of Wall Street. She was in another big film recently, but she's also the Red Baroness. Yes. <laughs> um, she's a brilliant actress. Anyway. And she's so. a
1: very, like, I just love that she took the time to talk to us and we were, even though we were complete strangers.
0: And we hit it off and when we went to go meet her, when we saw the show that year, we were waiting by the stage room. we actually met her husband who's a set designer. Mm-hmm. And he actually told us, so here's the fun fact about the set piece that that is the bed and the stairs that spiral up so the show is at the imperial theater. So, in order for this set piece to exist if you will, okay? So this these the stairs it's three stories the, high at the top is Billy's bed and they spiral up and they're three stories tall from okay. the stage level up. And then it spirals all the way down. So it's got to go three stories down. Well, there isn't three stories down a space. It's two. <laughs> There's two, So they actually had to excavate. They had to dig an extra story in, like down below the stage for this particular set. And if
1: you piece. know that area, that's somewhere near where the one line goes. Yeah, well, there's
0: all sorts of stuff over there. There's all sorts of stuff, there, sorts but of stuff down it's, there. But... I, I, I would be interested to know if they had to fill that in because, of course, when a show moves into a Broadway theater when it leaves, it has to basically put everything back the way it was before it came in so i wonder if they had to fill that or not if it's just like here you go if you need more space but yeah he was telling us about that and i was like huh never really thought about that i would have just thought they would adjust the set piece for the space but right nope, it's broadway we'll just dig down into the ground into the foundation
1: right well and the other thing about this show is there's a lot of Shows, especially on Broadway, that are done on a rake, meaning that it's, like, elevated. It's at a slant. Yeah, and so it's on like, per-
0: level at the lip of the stage, and then it gradually goes up as you go upstage.
1: And the slant, like, the level of this rake was way more than I would have expected for the type of dancing they were doing.
0: Yeah, talk about a workout. It's ridiculous. Like
1: we walked just a little bit on that stage and that rake was huge.
0: Yeah, so when we saw when we went back to see Stephanie, um she gave us a backstage tour. We got
1: to see their Tony.
0: Yeah. Um we got to see where like cuz she was playing the mom and everything. We got to see where like she comes out and everything. It was really cool to It was really cool to walk past the kiss and cry line, you know, and uh to go in on stage with the Ghost light with everything. Um, that was really exciting. Um, yeah, it was, that was all just amazing. That was your first time being on a Broadway stage, I think, going backstage and being on a Broadway stage. Uh,
1: didn't we go backstage with Phantom in 2009? Because when we saw it was in 2010, was when we went backstage with Stephanie.
0: Yes, but I don't think you went backstage in 2009 yet. I don't think you had met Thelma. I can't remember. Um, um, I have one more little snippet that I'm proud of. So I was running as the headdresser for Newsies at Pioneer Theater, and one of the uh, members of the cast was one of the Billies, Tade Basinger um which was amazing um and of course you know i didn't recognize him and, you know he's all grown up i think he, if i remember he just got back from his mission um and he's going to school in new york if memory serves right so shout out to tate um it's tate uh tate basinger um anyway um sorry tired it's been a long time brain fart right i know right there had a meltdown but he was amazing he was very sweet he was not full of himself like for the success of the show and for what the show was and and what the role was in that you know to be one of the billies you know he could have had the ego the size of texas no he was incredible yeah he was humble he was sweet he was funny um I love that I've so kept in contact with him. So, shout out to Tate. I hope he, everything's well. I hope school's going well as well. So that was cool. As things begin to return to normal and the theater world starts to turn its lights back on, we look forward to seeing this show again.
1: You'll be able to catch Billy Elliot somewhere at some theater. Sometime. Hopefully near you.
0: We'd also like to give a quick update on the reopening of Broadway.
1: Happy opening to Roundabout Theatre Company's production of Caroline or Change, now at Studio 4, uh, Studio 54,
0: wow. She's simply the best, and she can be seen at the lunt Fontaine Theatre eight times a week. Welcome back, Tina, the Tina Turner Musical.
1: We are so excited to welcome back to the Belasco Theatre, Girl from the North Country. And a special shout-out to our friend John Schiappa, who is in the cast and received the legacy robe shortly before shutdown. We look forward to seeing him and the rest of the company in this show.
0: We are so excited the Broadway's turning its lights back on and so happy to be back here in the Big Apple. Hopefully you've tuned in and heard some of our updates and there's more to come. So, until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
1: If you like what you hear... Please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe.
0: You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at StageWhisperPod.
1: And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod at gmail.com.
0: Our theme song is Fox by Music for Wildlife. Other music on this episode provided by Jazar, The Good Louds, Mad Sky, and Billy Murray.